So over the years, Aaron, what's the weirdest thing you've ever encountered on a boat? What's the weirdest issue you've encountered on a boat? Oh, man. Over the years, I've seen quite a few. It's kind of hard to pick just one. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got... You know, a lot less experience, so I've got a pretty pretty weird one to throw out there first. All right, um, I like it. Let's hear it. It's interesting. Now, this is just how I imagine the story starting. So they've got this boat in the factory. They're putting it together. You know, you got your fuel tank off to the side there, and they probably have a rag stuffed into the, into the pickup, or not pickup, into the fuel fill uh, hole, and... You know, just to prevent any dust or anything from getting in there. Yeah, and grinding fiberglass and yeah. putting the boat together. Yeah, anything like that. And somebody must have just put the fill hose right onto that uh, hose port when the tank got put into the boat because this guy comes in with a running issue, can't get wide open throttle. And, um, you know, I'm doing all the basic checks. I'm looking at, the you know, what the fuel looks like out of the water set, like just all this stuff and... Finally, I go out to a sea trial and I see it's not getting enough fuel. It's got a it's got a pretty bad restriction in it, and um, and I'm looking everywhere for this restriction. So I chase it all the way down to it had an anti siphon valve, and I'm like, ah, hundred percent, that's right, it. You know right. what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it off and take a look at it, and there's like paper poking out of the pickup. Like I'm like brown paper or yeah, like, yeah, like soaking fuel, just a shop rag. Was, oh, no. was stuffed into the pickup. So I'm assuming he filled it up. It just pushed it, you know, into right, the tank. Yep. It was floating around. Yep. And, you know, eventually after a couple of sea trials and talking to the customer, he had mentioned that he ran it low on fuel before bringing the boat in. And mm-hmm. that was when it gave him the problems. And, um, yeah, so it just ran low enough. It was floating around, and the pickup just sucked it right up and... <laughs> It had just enough fuel getting by it because it's porous. It's a rag that it'll yeah. idle and get you up to like two and a half thousand RPM or something like that. But After anytime that. you try to go wide open, it would just fall right on its face. And <laughs> and that was, I mean, that was a friggin' weird one to, to try to chase down. I was like, what the heck? How do you get a rag? You know, it was funny seeing the guy's reaction. Oh, like yeah. I, I come up to him with all these pieces of rag that right. I pull out of the pickup. And I'm like, uh. I don't know how to say this, but you had a rag in your tank, dude. <laughs> that's causing all your issues. He's like, what? I mean, that, that sounds exactly right. I mean, that's probably true. You know, they're in a factory where they're building these boats. There's mm-hmm. like, you know, they put them together in sections. So they probably got, you know, 10 fuel tanks over here or, you know, like engines over here or whatever. Yeah. And they're putting everything near grinding fiberglass, spraying paint and putting everything together. So, yeah, they probably... I bet somebody did. They walk by the tank and be like, oh, man, why is this? There's no cap yeah. in this. So they stuff a rag yeah. in there. We'll call it a Friday boat. Oh, they man. Were just trying to, <laughs> they were trying to get the last one done. They were like, come on, let's get it going. Yeah, it's funny that you say the anti-siphon valve because I'm surprised that um, there weren't any more. So you had to pull the pickup tube out of the tank or like what? Well, it um, was one of those tanks that had the, the pickup built into the tank oh. and so it just had like one of those fittings that screws into the pickup mm-hmm. and 90s onto and, the top um, of the tank yeah and um i've got a picture to throw up of all these rags stuffed into the <laughs> into, into the, the pickup there yeah and, and i mean i was pulling out as much of it as i could but you know yeah it's, it's a deep enough tank and yeah you're i tried sucking it out whatever i could to and it just you know there inevitably was some that i had to push back in mm-hmm. to get it to get it freed up and 
you know, he'd filled up the tank at this point. So I just told him, don't run it empty again. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you do just immediately go and take this off and try to pick out any kind of, try to pick out whatever it picked up. (laughs) That's nuts. That is nuts. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Cause the pickup tube is only, you know, maybe half inch or whatever, five eighths. I mean, it's not a big, it's Mm -hmm. a little, little tube and, Man, that's unfortunate that it's the one that's yeah. stuck in the tank that you couldn't pull it out and kind of like yeah, push and it was something like through it. Just as much or just enough of a restriction that you're you're looking at it, you know, because you go for the initial sea trial to see how it reacts and yeah, get and fuel it just, pressure. It just looked like every other, you know, fuel related issue. It looked like routine, like mm-hmm. like oh, it's probably a clogged filter, you know, or or just something dumb or like a, a cut in the line. Like it's just having those kind of symptoms. It'll start bouncing and falling on its face when you go wide open for a little bit. Right. But, um, but yeah, I ended up chasing it for a while and found this rag there. <laughs> Stuffed in the, sucked up the pickup too. <laughs> yeah. That is nuts. I've yeah. got probably a bunch of fuel. We're going to have probably a bunch of fuel ones discussed, but I, I would say that's, most likely the number one problem on that you get with a boat is going to be a fuel related mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. I got a pretty good one then I got, uh, so we had a boat come in, the guy was running it and he was out there fishing. He said he hit like a, like a tree. Like if there was a, a, there was a submerged like a log, or, log something. or something or a branch or a mangrove or something. And he's running along and he hits it and you know, he trims the engine up, looks at it, no prop damage, no, no like visible damage that he couldn't see. I mean, he was out on the water, the boat's going up and down in the waves, that kind of deal. So mm-hmm. he couldn't, you know, he didn't see everything, but he didn't notice anything like blatant being on the water, looking back at the engine. And, um, but he said immediately after that, you know, his engine started overheating and it would just randomly, like it would be fine at idle, but anytime you like tried to run it wide open, it would just, or even cruising speed, it would start to overheat. Mm-hmm. So we get the boat, pull it out of the water. I walk down there and I'm going to look at it. And I just looked down the nose cone and the tree that he hit actually like splintered off and stuffed into the front nose cone of the water pickup, which had it completely blocked. So now like, you know, he, he wasn't getting cooling water when he was at speed because yeah. well, yeah, there was a tree little, sticking that's, out. That's pretty funny. It's just seeing little <laughs> chips. The wood sticking out uh-huh. there. Yeah. That's unusual. Yeah, it was super unusual. That's just unlucky, man. You got like, yeah. I'm sure anybody else would have just plowed right through that tree and been just fine. Nothing would have happened. Yeah. There's actually another story, just since we're on that topic right there, of hitting, you know, something submerged. I've got a buddy that repowered a boat mm-hmm. with a, it was like a, I think it was a 23 Mako, and right. they put a, like a, I think it was a 250 Evan Rudy Tech on there. First test run of the boat. Like the first time they got the boat, there's, you know, an hour on the engine and they're going to break it in. So they're going to go out to the hump and, and go fishing and, you know, break the engine up varying the engine RPMs. They're running out. They get like, I don't know, probably 15 miles offshore and they hit a telephone pole, like a legitimate, you know, like an actual telephone pole that was floating and they ramped that pole. Like, you know, they couldn't see it because, you know, the waves as you're going along. They hit it. They ramp off that thing. The engine slams up out of the water onto the back of the transom and then slams back down. And they're both just kind of like, what what, what what, the heck was that? Like, oh, my goodness. So, wait, 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 wait. A telephone pole. A telephone pole. Like something you'd see 
boom, in the ground yeah. on yeah. land. A, a 40-foot-long wood <laughs> telephone pole floating <laughs> off 15 shore, miles offshore. 15 miles offshore. God. Brand new engine, first time he ever even ran a thing. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. What? But that reminded Dude. me of that story talking about how the wood chips were stuck in the thing. But he said he said they had nothing, no good luck with that thing after that. Like, it was just first, he was so... Is there any boat damage done by it? Or did they... <laughs> he didn't say it? there was any damage. He just said that, like, you know, it, the engine, you know, flew back up into the boat. Because whenever you hit submerged stuff, the engine's got those yeah. um, release valves in the... In the trim unit. In the trim unit, yep. yep. So yep. the memory engine just pops up and came back down. They they just the engine didn't shut off or anything. You just Jeez. they're just, you know, struck there. So they just kinda like turned around and came back home. Right. But well, piggybacking off that overheating you were saying, um I I did bring it up briefly in the last episode, but uh that F three fifty with that exhaust issue, I oh, actually yeah. ended up finding some pictures that I can put up to to show exactly what i meant but um that one was definitely a weird issue yeah why don't you go ahead and tell us more about that one since now you got some pictures to well yeah okay so i can basically the guy you know was a 38 pursuit with the hood covering the engines like the mm-hmm. weirdest looking boat and, right and um it's actually a pretty cool looking boat too but but anyway he hit, he hit a sandbar you know they hit the ground sandbar the engine overheated and and it was just you know a big catastrophe they bring the boat to um the marina which actually they were like from michigan or something i think or oh no so somewhere no from maine i think and they had oh, like wow. drove the boat in sections down the, right. the coast um but they they hit ground at the sandbar and overheat and everything they just want us to check the engine they're just like you know like it fires back up make sure everything's okay mm-hmm. and um you know, we take the anodes out of the back to see if there's sand packed up in there. Or um, I dropped the lower unit, and I did end up seeing like these these weird rocks. And I think I have a picture of it, but it's like it's like metal, sand, and just it got so hot that it fused together. It was like it was like it had to be molten, and it just hardened up into a rock. And it was just all in the exhaust, like of the lower unit, and just just piled in everywhere falling wow. out of the exhaust in the engine and i had no idea what it was i'm, I'm assuming it's just sand that they sucked in right but you know we run it on the hose after that no lower unit on nothing and and it runs fine there's no it doesn't overheat it doesn't like we we tried everything and and it seemed just fine so i go to throw the lower unit back up and i see oil dripping out of the out of the exhaust. I'm like, well, oh my you know, first of all, it never comes out of the exhaust. No. But, you know, it, I'm, I'm I'm thinking of how that could even happen. Because now, you know, you've got oil coming out where it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And you don't exactly want to just start taking this whole engine apart. Because then he's got to pay for the labor. And what if there's, I don't, you know, like just a whole bunch of issues can go into that. But we ended up just buying like the whole, like every piece in the midsection. Wasn't because the, I, looked um, at the, I looked at the diagram. Wasn't the the insurance adjuster there when you were doing that? Yeah. And he, like, saw the oil, too, and he's yeah, like... Yeah, he was ready to call <laughs> the engine fine. And really? Then yeah, and then that's when, like, as he was leaving, I'm, I'm watching this stuff drip in oil, and I call him back. I'm like, hey, man, you know, just to let you know, this isn't supposed to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should reevaluate this engine. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I looked at the diagram because I wanted to see kind of what was going on. And I, I noticed that the exhaust tube is in the, like it's in the oil pan. So, right. So the oil pan kind of has like a little concave hole in the middle of it where the, the exhaust manifold bolts up. And I'm like, that's pretty much the only place that it could be leaking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who knows how hot it got. I just made a hypothesis and we ordered all those parts that were in the midsection, not the actual housing itself that goes around. Yeah, not all, the drive shaft housing. Yeah, and I've got also a picture of that, just um, all the individual pieces that had to be put together. Mm-hmm. And I ordered them all and I'm changing all, I'm, you know, I'm putting it all together. And as I'm taking apart the old one, I notice I don't find the exhaust manifold. <laughs> I, like I just see these bolts rattling in there where, where it's supposed to be. Where it's supposed to be bolted up. And all that rock or whatever I thought it was, turns out was the exhaust manifold got so hot. Oh my goodness. That it just melted and like hardened. And that's what it was that had fallen down the exhaust all the way down. Wow. Into the lower unit. And it was just, it was, it was definitely really weird, but. Makes you kind of wonder what temperature that type of metal, you yeah, know. I, I don't, I just, I'd love to see it. Like I wish there was some way to have a camera in there and see how or what even happened there. Like how, like that was, that had to have been red hot. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was red hot. Like, it was gone. I'm well, looking at the new It tube. melted like, it. Where's the, where, where's this thing come from? Like, what is this thing? I'm like, oh yeah, that's the exhaust tube. That's, that's just, that's just nuts. I mean, I don't have a, I'm trying to think of another, well, obviously there's plastic bag storage, but those are pretty common. I think that'll, I think we, I think what we need to do is make a video about more common things that people can end up seeing. So, I mean, I won't include that as a weird mm-hmm. story, but. I do have another bag story um, of a boat that so you so we're talking about a bag getting wrapped around the lower unit, overheating it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I saw one where the bag, I don't know if it was in cooler or something, and it got sucked out the you know, blew out the back of the boat, and somehow got on the engine, or maybe oh oh no no okay, I remember now. So this guy. He's got this engine, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't want, he thought that water was going in through the engine cowling and like getting in the engine through the intakes. Right. So what he was doing was he was taking a plastic bag and putting it in the, the intake on the cowling to keep water from going into the cowling. And I guess one time he forgot to take the bags out and he goes out and runs the boat and sucks the, the bags into the engine like the intake and it clogged up the cowling where oh air is supposed to come into the cowling <laughs> and so now he's out there running the boat and it's like i got the you know i got this running problem my engine like i just i can't get wide open it's barely getting on plane it's just bogging out like a fuel issue right so we go down and look at the boat and kind of looking over everything and you know don't really notice too much nothing wrong with the engine mm-hmm. well just happened to be that that we look under, um, like I picked the cowling up, and as I was picking it up, the other person that was there with me, he sees the bag in the cowling on the bottom, and I go to set the thing down. He's like, whoa, 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 what is that? And so we flip it over, and sure enough, there was bags wrapped, like, in the intake that had, like, stuffed into the cowling. Jeez. 
<laughs> and so complete. you could. So even if you did take the cowling off, you couldn't even see it. No, you couldn't see it. I mean, if you, you took needed, it, yeah, you had to, to see in, in the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because on the top of the cowling is where the air comes in, Man. and when you flip it up, you can see. It. I mean, we'll show the picture of it, but here's I mean, white plastic bags being sucked. I just in want to know what kind of water would have been getting in from there anyway. Like, I don't know. I mean, is it raining every night in the Keys where you're getting substantial amounts of water in your? I don't know. I mean, hey, to each his own. If he wants to cover it with plastic bags, just yeah, because I can't imagine. Remember to take them out. I just can't imagine that a bag blows out of the back of the boat and then is somehow able to get towards the back of it because on that cowling, it's towards the back. Go around the cowling and come in, you know, mm-hmm. that's just, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a little unrealistic. You know, um, you know, uh, Mike Ganown, I think his name is, right, with Florida Sport yep. Fishing? The Yeah, that oh, yeah. The, with the nice CV. This one is, it's not, I mean, I guess we're talking about weird boat problems, right? So, oh, yeah. But... It's just, it was not so much a part failing, but he had a, well, he had a tack go bad and that's just like, whatever, it goes bad. He gets yeah. a new one sent by his, his team. Rep, yeah. By his team representative or whatever. And, and, um, I put it in and I go to set the thing up. He's on the boat there with me and I'm trying to explain everything to him about how it works. Just going through the settings and stuff just cause he wants to know. And the whole thing's in Mandarin. Like Chinese. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've never seen this installing a new tack, but maybe there's like a way to change the language. So right. I'm, I'm trying to like somehow go through all the menus that I know, just like by counting how many times the thing flashes. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. that's calibration. Was there a time? Hmm. And I'm looking at the other, <laughs> I'm looking at the other tacks too, to try to, you know, sync them up, see like if I can, yep. okay, bang, I'm on the same page. See if they'll show the numbers, right? Yeah. And, and nothing. And, Finally, we end up calling Mercury about it, and we're like, hey, is there a way to change the language here? Like, could you tell me, like, just a sequence of buttons so I don't have to try uh-huh. to read Mandarin? And he's like, no, you uh, you just, you buy a gauge with the language pre, <laughs> like, pre-programmed, yeah, pre-programmed into, it. into it. Like, you can't change that. And um, I, you know, I, I take this this thing back out, this tack back out, and I look on the back, and this is reflashed to a whole different serial number than what the serial number was on the box. Yeah, the part number, whatever so, it was, or yeah, the part number anyway. And um, somebody, I guess, must have reflashed this thing to Mandarin and packaged it up in a regular box. So oh this guy gets goodness. it sent to him, and he's like, <laughs> "I can't read Mandarin. What am I supposed to do out here?" I'm like, dude, well, you're just gonna have to order another one, but. Just look at the the analog part of it. Don't even try to read your fuel numbers or anything. I've never see. I've never experienced that. That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I was there when that happened to you, but yeah, because that's he ordered the tech, and I, I it must have been like where they didn't have one, and like you said, it got packaged wrong somehow. Just mm-hmm. somehow, here's this, you know. Yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely weird, but that's more like a mishap in the shipping. Yeah. Process the, the packaging. Yeah. Because the, 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 part, the part number on the box was right. You know, it was right. supposed to be an English regular tack, and they just put the wrong one in there. It was a Mandarin Chinese tack. Yeah, yeah. Just the characters. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's a that's a that's a good story. I got, I, I do have, a funny story though. It's not really like a problem, um, unless you sell a boat. Mm-hmm. So, this one, I had this boat, and it was a twenty five pursuit. It's probably like two years ago, three years ago, 25 pursuit, 300 HPDI. 
And um, we actually did a video on that one. It had an IO. We, you know, got rid of the inboard, put an outboard on there with the bracket and all that. And um, fix it up, go to sell it, and I sell it. Now, this is why it's so important when you sell a boat that you go to the DMV and change over the title. Because the title's still in your name, and you still are liable and you know responsible for that boat until it's out of your name. Mm-hmm. But I sell this boat. It was on a Friday, and I had something to do. Um, so I, I did the bill of sale, did the title, did the whole thing, and, and he was supposed to go down to the DMV to change it over. Well, the weekend goes by, and on Monday, I get a phone call from a DEA agent, and he says, <laughs> Mr. Hillegoss, we've got your boat here in Key West of the impound. And um, I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. So I'm like, what are you, what, <laughs> what is going on here? So all, automatically I'm like, oh my Hair goodness, wait, what? Like the DEA. And so what ended up happening is this guy that got the boat, he didn't go to the DMV. He went and filled it up, took the boat down to Key West filled up the tank, and then tried to go to Cuba with it. Now, they obviously wouldn't tell me a whole lot of information about what went down, like, because it was, mm-hmm. I actually ended up speaking with, there was, like, a border agent, an FWC agent, and the DEA agent that originally contacted me. So you got, you know, basically you got Coast Guard, Border Patrol, FWC, and the DEA involved in this deal. So he left Key West with the boat. I don't know if he made it to Cuba because I'm assuming that he made it to Cuba and then he was on his way back Mm -hmm. and they intercepted him with whether he picked up, you know, he probably had so knows many things. He, he probably had Cubans <laughs> to bring over. <laughs> he he had drugs <laughs> in the boat to smuggle. Because the DEA, the DEA ain't going to call you for a no, couple of no. Cubans they found in the boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's just... <laughs> so so they, they intersect the boat and they impound it. And they call me and they're like, hey, you know, we've, we've got your boat down here. And they, they kind of questioned me a little bit. And I'm like, look, I got nothing to do with any of this. Like I sold that boat on Friday. He was supposed to go to the DMV and change that title. Like I am, you know, I don't have anything to do with this. Yep. And, and they're like, no, we did a background check. We checked you out. I don't think you're involved in this and that. And you know, the whole nine yards. And they're like, you want to come get your boat? And I'm like, no, you can have the boat. I don't want anything to do with that. Man, thing. You should have sold that thing again. I know, but I, I was more thinking like, okay, here's somebody that's willing to, you know, buy this boat, go to Cuba and do all this stuff mm-hmm. and then come back. And then here I got the boat. I already got the money, you know, yeah. like that's the first thing I do when I sell the boat, we go to the bank and I make sure the money goes in the bank before I do anything. Like, you know, like, yeah. cause I mean, people do that. They'll, especially when you're five, $10,000, you'll have, you know, fake money. Mm-hmm. Somebody will try and give you 10 grand and 4,000 be in fake hundred dollar bills or whatever. So I go to the bank and make sure they check them all and it deposits and it's clean mm-hmm. before we go to the DMV. But that was the one time I didn't go to the DMV and sure enough. But so I'm thinking, well, if he's willing to do all that, then, you know, I'm going to try and sell the boat again. And now they're going to have it. I mean, I don't really exactly know what happened because they wouldn't really tell me much, obviously, because it's right some kind of investigation. I just know that 
Still crazy getting a phone call from the DEA. <laughs> yeah, like for a boat and, you just sold, getting impounded yep, with impounded. Who knows what? That, it, so that was that was a nuts. That's not really a problem that you could really, you know, find on your day to day. Yeah, but well, I mean, hey, I guess just it's a it's a good PSA. Go have your your title changed over with you being present, so mm-hmm. that you know you're not going to find yourself in any yep make entanglements. Sure. Make sure because yep. people do crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, back actually, to, back to whoa. Okay. Since you know everybody likes to rag on that HPDI, that was a 300 HPDI you made all the way down Key West, Cuban back. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got you got a golden goose freaking HPDI out of them. No. Well, That's funny. yeah. I was gonna say that. Um, we have the little short about it, the 450R that that had the drive shaft splines stuck up into the powerhead. Mm-hmm. That one ended up being just a nightmare, more than it should have been, because mm-hmm. you know, like they're you know, that's not the craziest thing in the world seeing a, the drive shaft splines break into Mm-mm. the powerhead. But but the amount of work that it is to get the the 450R apart in particular, because it's enough with a regular v8 but with the 450r things just that much more cramped mm-hmm. with the supercharger and everything be there being there but well for people that haven't seen the short what it, so what exactly happened yeah i was gonna i was gonna get into um the basically the anode from the factory this thing was brand new i think it had what 11, 11 hours, hours was like it seven yeah seven like seven something ridiculous it's brand new and um the anode that is bolted up on the lower unit on the anti-cavitation plate is it was loose and the bolts just with all the vibrations and stuff, you know, it's a four fifty mm-hmm. that things that thing's cooking. Mm-hmm. It the bolts loosened out and then the anode's falling, 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 bang, prop catches it and just stops, locks up the lower unit, boom, shears the, the splines way up into the power head. And normally, like I said, that's not a big deal. You just mm-hmm. you know, you gotta pull the power head, so I guess that's the biggest deal of it. But you take the power head out and Normally, you just grab the splines, pull them out mm-hmm. like nothing. But um, this one was twisted. But yeah, this one was like slightly twisted in there mm-hmm. um, from that force of it stopping. It was probably revving. I mean, who knows? But who knows? What do those things rev up to? Close to 7,000. Yeah. Right? Not to mention that that was on that, um, it was on a cat boat mm-hmm. and the thing was on a giant cradle. So it's sitting. Oh, like yeah. 10 feet in the air. Yeah. So you're trying to take the power head off on a ladder. That was my first time taking a V8 power head off in general. And really? <laughs> and it ended up being 450 a four, with a supercharger. A 450R. And, and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, I've got the pictures of the whole process. Got, mm-hmm. got it stripped down all the way to the AMS, the advanced midsection or whatever. And and it was definitely it was definitely cool having this whole thing apart. But we get, we get the power head off and... The splines are like a, a solid two or three inches mm-hmm. into the oil pump because that's the oil pump's bolted up to the bottom there and yep. the, the splines go up into it. Mm-hmm. And um, it sheared like weight, like two to three inches up in there and you can't just grab it with anything. Nope. We're sticking magnets up there and it's they're just not strong enough. Like you can't, mm-hmm. it's, it's like really stuck up in there. And that's when, you know, we came up with, <laughs> Here's where JB Weld comes in, <laughs> <laughs> the JB Weld channel. Oh, but we, <laughs> you bought this magnet off the Snap-on guy, and yeah, the Blue Point, the big Blue Point yeah, one, big magnet, and 
you know, that everybody swore up and down. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, man, I've seen drive shafts break up in there. You just, this magnet will get it for sure, bro. Just put yeah. it up there. And, no, it broke um, off the little handle. But we were like, okay, it's still poking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's Why welded we, on there. Yeah, it's we've got JB Weld on the thing. So that's when we put together that little Frankenstein build with the slide puller and the mm-hmm. the vice grips. And that brought it right out. But, but yeah, it was definitely weird how that all happened with the little anode just... Coming down, always, always check the tightness of those bolts. Yep. I guess you never know. Well, it's just crazy because you know the. It's also amazing, like, with the manufacturing process, like how much stuff gets put together and like how many little things you wouldn't even think anything about it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. here's this little bolt holding on this little anode, and it just happened to be whatever you know happened. Maybe the, maybe the bolt was faulty, like that holds the anode. Maybe that thing was just. It didn't get machined all the way through. Mm-hmm. Got put in there, got in, then, and that little thing, like, caused all that all that yeah, problem. It's kind of it's kind of crazy seeing how much little stuff like that slides out of the factory. You know yeah. what I mean? It's but it is what it is. It's just, yeah, it's out of anybody. I mean, you got you know, hundreds to thousands of people putting together a product. Like, mm-hmm. a, yeah. I mean, think about a boat. All the things inside that boat, from the guy that's putting the mold to putting the gel coat and the and the paint and the fiberglass, and then the guys that come in that build the stringers and all the stuff, and then the electrical guys and the the plumbing guys and the engine guys and the riggers and the t tops yeah. and the towers and the hatches and the latches and the cleats. It's like there's a lot of hands on this boat. A lot of hands. A lot, a lot of, of hands. a lot of room for. Mm-hmm. Small little mistakes. They don't happen often, but when they do, it's, it's they crazy. Make, they make for some good stories. Now, just um, to be fair to the naysayers that we're saying about that magnet, oh, yeah, it's going to get it out. Now, granted, most of the time, I mean, it's the same situation, though, because most of the time what happens when they shear the drive shafts off are um, the lower unit locks up. Mm-hmm. So the lower unit locks up, like, you know, either... Clutch dog breaks, pinion gear breaks, you know, a bearing fails, and it locks up that drive shaft in the lower unit, and your power head's still spinning at, say, 4,500 RPM. Mm-hmm. Well, that 4,500's got enough power that when that drive shaft stops spinning, it just goes bing. And just yeah. Clean shear. Clean sure. shears it, like, right off. Yeah. So this one, the strength of that drive shaft was enough to where it didn't just shear that drive shaft off. It, like twisted it off yeah because it was able to twist those splines because that's what was holding it up in there that it like it the it the splines like twisted and were like kind of like mm-hmm. you know rolled over i guess you'd say yeah which normally that's what we do you stick a magnet up in there and you hit it yeah. and then pull it out but mm-hmm. not this time not this time yeah no that's that's weird didn't you have um i know you got a video on that boat that delaminated i know delaminating isn't a weird issue per se but but how did that how did that all happen i don't know the story behind that i don't know oh um oh yeah that boat see that was yeah that was a delamination issue but it wasn't like a like a brand like a like a boat delaminate because there are boat brands out there that do delaminate that Mm -hmm. like you know i'm not gonna say which brands do but um, yep. There are some that do delaminate notoriously. They, yeah, <laughs> notoriously. But no, this boat, they, the problem with that thing is so the original person, someone had the boat, they're running it in Miami or something, and 
I forget what they hit. They hit like a like a submerged piling or something. I think it was a piling. They like struck it, ripped a huge like ripped a, a hole in the bottom of the boat, like you know a, a decent size one. And then they went and they got the, you know, they got the the special somewhere there in Miami. Maybe they got the Hialeah or somewhere, and they got the special fiberglass guy that. Oh, yeah. yeah, we oh yeah, I fixed that up. No worry, yeah, I'll fix super it. Super cheap. Yeah, yeah, super cheap. The cheap repair. I mean, granted, the the problem is that there was no access to the back side of it. Mm-hmm. So, in the glass repair, really, you have to get to both sides, depending on what the repair is, in order to, you know, put glass on the inside. Well, there was no access to get down there, so that would have been a super super expensive repair because someone's going to have to go in there, cut part of the cap out to get to the to where the hole is yeah and then you know glass it from the top and glass it from the bottom mm-hmm. well they didn't do that because they right. didn't have access they just tried to glass it from the bottom and then obviously it's wet and you know that's the first thing you got to do is dry it out if you're going to try and mm-hmm. you know get something to to bond and they didn't dry it out they just you know Probably over the weekend, just scuffed, you know, scratched on the outside, tried to repair it, made it look clean. I mean, it looked clean. You couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that it it was, it It wasn't wasn't, structurally, it wasn't structurally going to hold. No, it wasn't going to hold. So they sell the boat. And then this guy, this, this, this other guy buys it, you Mm -hmm. know, oh, it's a great boat. Uh, You know, I've heard about these boats. I like this. I like that. It rides great. He buys it. And over the process of time, that repair fails the boat starts taking on water to the point where it had so much water in it where it just ripped that hole clean open. Like it just ripped the repair open. And then, you know, obviously the boat just continued to take on water until, well, it's, it's unusable. And then, you know, back to the, back to the original problem in order to get that fixed, you've got to cut the cap out to get to the back to get, Mm -hmm. to fix it. So, that was definitely an unfortunate. That happened on a sea trial, right? Or yeah, no? yeah, yeah. It happened because uh, he brought it in, said no, the boat's not going. Yeah, there's no, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then, <laughs> that would suck to be that tech <laughs> taking it out on a sea trial, and yeah, boom, there goes, there goes part of the bottom of your boat. <laughs> Nuts, crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something. Else. Well, I've I've seen a lot of um. Like there was a couple boats that use a little brass tube, um, or a couple engines that use a little brass tube as the water pickup in the oh mid- yeah in the midsection. yeah the cooling tube coming from the lower unit yeah and like a copper tube there was one I did on like a twenty five horse Mercury I think it was a little mm-hmm. small engine mm-hmm. and um, that was another fun little job just taking that thing down to nothing but the the adapter plate. yeah the adapter plate um, also on a three three. Those Yamahas on a rental boat, I had yep. one that that was. I think I've got a video of how, how hot the water was getting when I was trying to find the. <laughs> yeah, what the, was going on with yeah, it? Yeah, because it was it was just doing. It was I don't know. It was acting weird, but you know, eventually find that tube and it's just got a hole in it and it's spitting all that water. He's got no water pressure, and that's why it's you know peeing weak and and all that. But on this little guy, the thirty horse, it's apparently a pretty common thing and it was like the second time on that same engine that it had been done mm-hmm. and um and i don't know don't want to call out that 25 horse merc but 
<laughs> that's what I've got on my bowling net. Is twenty five orbs, dude. That thing. I mean, it's it's a pretty common little yeah little it issue is. apparently, but it's just a weird one because you're you're trying to figure it out and you look up in there and see a little hole. So mm-hmm. this one in particular, there was a hole at the at the base. Yep, that's where usually it, where it goes. Where it was into the midsection, mm-hmm. so or the adapter plate. So it was like you kind of had to hope that there actually was a hole there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no, like, I mean, you can stick a borescope up there, but a lot of times, so, like, on the 3.3, three, like, those those would, the, the copper would, like, rot out. Mm-hmm. And on those. Oh, because it's copper, not brass? Maybe it is. It's either. Well, isn't brass supposed to not corrode? Mm, I can't remember if it's brass or copper, but it is. I think it is a brass tube. I think you might be right about that. But either way, copper, brass, doesn't matter. They, on those little ones, a lot of times there's a rubber gasket. So at the top of the tube, it's like flanged over. Mm-hmm. And since it's flanged over, that flange, it sits in like this rubber O-ring. Well, it builds, like salt water will sit up in there and mm-hmm. then it'll start to build up that salt. So over time, that salt builds up, builds up, builds up until where it starts to, to compress that O-ring. And then it like smashes the, the tube. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't remember too much what it looked like. It was a little while ago, but, but if I've got a picture of the tube itself and what it looked mm-hmm. like, then, then we'll put that up. But definitely a weird issue. Um, speaking of corroding and eating away, you showed me a picture of a lower unit that had um, like a bunch of the front of it. Oh, yeah. Electrolysis. Yeah. yeah. How exactly does that happen? Like what? Well, Stray currents, electrolysis, all that yeah. stuff. How is that? Now, that boat, I think on that specific boat, there was a lift that was leaking. I'm not 100% sure about that, but on on that one, I think it was in Duck Key, mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of lifts there. So I think on that one, there was a lift that's leaking, you know, 220 volts into the water, and... Um, it was just going straight for the lower unit. You know, you trim the engines up out of the water and some of them, you still have the, the nose of the lower units still stuck in, in the water. Well, that straight current was just going straight to those engines and just eating up that metal. And it legitimately ate like the whole front of the nose cone out on both of them. And then on it was starting to eat the bracket up on the starboard and then on the port it ate up so much of the trim unit that the trim unit actually like fell down because the base of it was just so rotted away that there wasn't it's crazy. how fast does something like that happen pretty fast because i want to say those engines were only like three four years old mm. yeah like it was amazing like like yeah how quickly that stuff gets eaten away mm-hmm. yeah that's the unfortunate thing that a lot, some of that stuff you don't even see because your boat's in the water. So, like, brackets, stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be at an area if you li- your boat lives in the water and it'll, yeah, it just it starts getting eat away and you don't, you don't know why, you know? Yeah. So how do you prevent that? Um, you can bond them. And then other than that, if you got straight current from the dock, you need to, like... Figure out why. How do you yeah. figure that out other than seeing... Your lower use, unit eating away. Yeah, you use a um, so there's a corrosion reference electrode that you can put down in the water, and then that is gonna 
you know, kind of give you a, it gives you the measurement of how much current's in the water. Hmm. So you've got different ways of having, you know, either stray current or galvanic corrosion or different types of corrosion. That's why you see all the bonding wires on all the anodes and the like through hole fittings and stuff like that to, you know, help, help with that problem. And then also the anodes, your anodes are also used for also balancing out that, you know, galvanic yeah from putting metal into water well, they're sacrificial so. yeah they're sacrificial so it just goes to them first yep so. but if they get too worn or they get too light or they even get covered in stuff then they won't work properly and you can also um over protect so if you put you know if you have over protection then it'll still it'll really? like yeah it, it it still doesn't there's like a balance there that you need you know, based on how much metal's in the water, but right. but on that one, my guess is he char- had a charger on the boat, and he had the charger plugged into, you know, shore power, which is now adding that earth ground from the charger to the boat system, and then through the the bonding wires of the boat, now that stray current from that lift is now going straight through there, straight back, and then through the charger back to the back yeah. to the you know, ground, mm-hmm. I guess you'd say, but it's crazy. It's interesting to let that get out of hand. Oh, yeah. For too long, I mean, going to have a real, real yeah. expensive time. I mean, ooh, the, the, that fuel pump. So kind of based back on this um, corrosion and rust mm-hmm. topic, um, there was a 3.3 liter Yamaha, and center engine just would just stop running. Mm-hmm. It was running out of fuel. And on those engines, there's like a low pressure fuel pump on the outside of the VST that, you know, sucks fuel to feed that the VST. Mm-hmm. And that pump had gotten like it was just so old and so rusted that the body of the fuel pump rusted to where there was a hole in it and it would turn on and pump. And it was sucking the fuel out of the um, out of the fuel tank, and then just blasting it out the side of the fuel pump. So it was filling his whole cowling up with fuel, and his engine wouldn't run. But like if he had the key on, and it was like, like there were yeah, I couldn't remember if the engine would run or if it wouldn't run at all. Um, it probably wouldn't run. I mean, is you just you turn the key on and well, I, well, spraying all the fuel right out of the pump. I'm not a hundred percent because I I want to say that it was like enough to where it was still feeding the VST. Mm-hmm. So there was enough for it to like idle, yeah. but like not enough. Cause it was just spraying out. Like it was almost like a mist, but it was a solid, like it was a solid stream with a mist coming out of the side of the pump. Yeah. And the, I think it was still feeding the VST. It was, it was able to idle, but it wouldn't like it was, you know, obviously mm-hmm. had a, a running issue. Yeah. But yeah, I pulled the cowling off and I'm like, oh, that's a lot of fuel, you know? And then um, on that one, it had the, you know, the the individual throttle bodies, so I could take the airbox off. When I turn the airbox off and crank it, you see the fuel spraying out the side of the thing. I was like, oh my goodness! Yeah. So yeah, that was weird. totally weird. Fuel issues um, with corrosion and stuff. I've seen on. Um, it was one of the two Kongs boats, a Yellowfin. The fuel pickup just had a, it corroded but it corroded in a way where there was like 
dirt and stuff and salt and everything covering where the hole was. Mm-hmm. So if you just look at the pickup, you wouldn't be able to tell. But um, the way we found it, he was saying that that there was he smelled fuel in his bilge after the last um, after the last time he filled up the boat. Right. And yeah, there was a bunch of fuel like pulled up in the bottom of the boat. And um, we're wondering how we're looking for a leak somewhere and the lines and the filters everywhere. And eventually I just, um, I told the, the forklift operator to take me out of the water and, and tilt the boat back on the forks. Mm-hmm. And um, I popped the hatches for the, the pickups and everything and I'm looking and everything. And, and now I'm seeing like more fuel running and getting added into this. And, <laughs> and I look at the pickup and see it just squirting right out the side. Oh, There's wow. a hole corroded right in the side of it. And, and that was fun. Pulled that out, sent it off to the welder. He welded the hole back mm-hmm. up and threw it back in there. Yeah, because so. those, um, so every time he filled it up, it would just pour out of the top until it got down enough yeah. to, to not. And those, yeah, those yellowfins, they got that like round plate that's got like the the pickup and the fuel sender and like that stuff mounted all like together. Mm-hmm. So you can't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another issue with, um, yellowfin fuel tank i didn't really deal with this boat so you'd have to enlighten me but wasn't there something with the fuel tank having to get replaced in a 36 yellowfin mm. there yeah um, yeah now those i mean that's happened to to other brands too that was a lot of like you know boats that make fiberglass tanks so they they um you know they make a fuel tank into the deck of the boat into the gunnel and by the sides of the stringer so it's you know, part of the boat. So the fuel tank's made out of fiberglass and they painted it. Now, just over the process of time, the fuel was stripping the paint off of the sides of it. Now, I don't know if there was ethanol or if it was just straight fuel, because I I bet if you used ethanol, that would speed up the whole thing Mm -hmm. a lot more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you think about paint, like as it dries out and gets older, you know, it'll, it'll crack and then it'll chip, chip off. So then you'll have like, you know, paint chips. Right. Well, that's what happened in this. So the inside of the tank, all the paint on the sides of the fuel tank had cracked and chipped off. And so the fuel tank was just completely full of all these paint chips. <laughs> and so now, and in those boats, so that model of boat, it has like a, really long narrow fuel tank because it's got three fuel tanks there's one big one in the middle and then two saddle tanks and the saddle tanks are like long and and they're not you know they're not that wide they're not skinny so the pickup tubes on those aren't like just a normal straight tube that goes down they actually are like this long and it like goes down and it bends and then it goes up like that to kind of like suck the fuel out of the Mm -hmm. you know where the where the stringer and mm-hmm. the actual yeah same kind of pickup on the, the boat on the one with the with the hole corroded in it but keep, yep. keep going so that thing was just the pickup tube was just covered in paint chips so it wasn't getting any fuel and obviously when you take how, that how thing how do you figure up, that out did you how did you find the paint chips or what did you i picked i pulled the, the pickup tube out of it and then there was what, enough of a hole you could see the yep. little paint chips shine a flashlight down in there and look on, what in the heck is this <laughs> <laughs> and, and it wasn't there a mess putting that new tank in there oh yeah yeah that was that was a whole nother thing because they didn't 
um, reuse those, they actually made, you know, so now what they do for that boat, they make aluminum tanks mm -hmm. and then just set those tanks down in there. And, um, yeah, in order to do it, because like on that boat, like the deck is not flat. Like it's one of those boats that's got the channels on the side for water. So yeah. when water comes in the boat, there's got like, you know, a ditch basically this big on, on the sides of the boat where the water goes off the deck, goes in that channel, and then it runs all the way to the back of the boat. Yeah. So in order to cut the deck out to get down to the tank, you have to cut up on the sides of the gunnel. So you want to cut, you know, this far up the gunnel in order to be able to make a smooth, you know, to glass that back without, because, you know, glassing a curved edge is yeah a whole different deal so what that's what you do they they cut you know up the gunnel and then the whole sides of the tank and then cut down and then back and then rip that thing off but they had to take you know those boats all had towers so the towers had to come off center console has to come out and yeah you're de-rigging the whole boat pulling the console the tower and everything out of the middle then cutting it all out and then putting it all back together so it's it's a massive process yeah. Yeah. Um, to have to undertake. That's just incredible that. I, 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 why would you paint the inside of a tank? Is that? They're not the only ones that did it. So, I mean. I guarantee they're not the only ones that did it, but it's still weird <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's just me. Um, I mean, when you think about it, you're kind of trying to protect the resin. I guess if you would take fuel and put it onto bare resin and glass there's going to be some kind of a chemical. Mm -hmm. It's probably not good there. You well, know, yeah. and, and it'll maybe gum up the, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know that much about chemicals and, you, mm -hmm. you know, how they're going to react with different. Yeah. Like, you know, you take fuel, which is its own chemical craziness altogether. And then you, you know, fiberglass and resin mm -hmm. is, you know, that epoxy resin is its own yeah, who knows type what kind of, of reaction that would have. Reaction. It's probably necessary, but it's weird that it wouldn't hold up to the fuel. Mm hmm. Because you know? we, we haven't had any, like the Venture, that 99 Venture, that thing's got fiberglass tanks in it. And um pretty sure those are fiberglass. They, the 34? Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are fiberglass in there, unless they've got the fuel tanks, an aluminum tank, glassed in. Mm -hmm. um, it's a similar thing, and, and they haven't had any issues. So, who knows? Yeah, probably just a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there being something with a Freeman. This was early when I started at the marina, but I remember you guys all dealing with a Freeman that that had a running issue. And it was brand new, like just straight out of the factory. What was... Yeah, that that's another whole crazy thing. Like, so, on that boat, the... Um, starboard engine mm -hmm. it was starving for fuel so he got and run it and at wide open throttle ran great no problems no issues but if you let the engine idle after like 15 20 minutes the engine would start to shake and run out of fuel and do all kinds of sporadic stuff so it was like totally weird mm -hmm. pretty backwards normally totally backwards normally you can't get wide open with fuel <laughs> issues but sure yeah so eventually we're looking at this thing we test everything you know we look at all these parts and everything and 
you know, put the clear hose on there. And finally it was like, after it was running for a while, like, so it, it would, you would start to see air bubbles. So mm-hmm. it was running out of fuel and starving for fuel. Well, we trace all the way back to where the, um, rigging tubes come out mm-hmm. and on the fuel line coming from the fuel tank all the way back through the rigging tube where it came out the rigging tube there was just like a slight cut in the in fuel the line. in the fuel line i don't know if maybe like you know when someone cut it in the box or maybe like it got rubbed up against like a screw or you know what it was but it was just a slight little cut in the tube enough to where it wasn't like leaking out fuel but and at wide open throttle it was flowing fuel like like no problem mm-hmm. but at idle it would suck in enough air to be able to like, you know, yeah, starve the engine. The whole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. It's just little things from mm-hmm. the factory that, or, or, or just people easily you know? overlooked. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not blaming Freeman. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, no, Mr. Yeah. Freeman. Hey, bud. You're, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, little things in the, in the manufacturing process. It's, it's where there's so many stories of just that. Mm-hmm. Just that weird things you see out of the factory. Yeah, where some, you know, they call it the Friday boat or something like that, where just mm-hmm. maybe somebody was getting fired, maybe something was having trouble <laughs> at home, like, you know, or maybe just somebody had a bad day or like, you know, no one's perfect. Everybody's got things that happen in your life. And yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. funny when, when you see the end result of, you know, this event over here. And it's like, yeah, when you're having to fix something, that was caused by that and you finally mm-hmm. find it after pulling your hair out it's like how did that happen you're just sitting there flabbergasted but, yeah but you know it was, everybody makes mistakes we've done plenty of them oh yeah 100 percent. So, now on that same line since we're talking about that fuel hose there's i've got a pretty good picture of gray and blue hoses it's not so much a problem as it was back in the day but they used to have these gray and blue hoses. Actually, I think you can still buy the gray hose, but there was a liner inside this fuel hose, and the fuel would eat at that liner, and the liner would separate from the fuel hose itself, and then the fuel pump would suck it. You know, it sucked that liner down, and it would starve itself of fuel. But the <laughs> how? How do you re- what? How do you release fuel hose meant for holding fuel that the liner inside the hose goes? It separates from the actual hose and then collapses. Okay. I mean, you don't see a lot <laughs> of it anymore. How often is that? <laughs> like, it used to be quite often. I mean, I got a picture of one because it's also some of those hoses were super like, you know, they weren't like that. Some of them are hard and some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. Well, someone got had some extra hose when they pulled it into the engine and opposed to like just cutting the hose off and making it, you know. To length. Yeah. To, to length, which I, you know, me with wiring, I don't, I like a little extra, even right, I like right. a little extra with everything, but this was like an extra, like foot and a half. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they pulled it in the cowling and then opposed to like cut anything off. They just took the hose, bent it like this and then bent it back over on it. So it's like a hose comes in, bends back, bends forward, and then goes up to the thing and they just shoved it down into the cowling. Eventually it just became a Z. <laughs> Yeah, it was all, yeah, it was like a Z with one more sharp kinks in it. Yeah, super sharp kinks, <laughs> crazy. Like you know, I'm like guys complain about no wide open throttle and running issues. It's like 
pull the mm-hmm. kelling off and like you, you you know pull the hose out of the kelling like mm-hmm. well here's your problem dude, <laughs> so, dude um i just thought of one uh there's a pretty recent one with a 300r v8 and it's uh the oil cooler that goes down into the it goes into the midsection right or is it into the base of the power head and then well, I don't know. The, the oil cooler, though, where it goes down in there, there's two mm-hmm. O-rings, and it's a machine fit pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. But there was this Andros that had a couple of 300Rs, and it was leaking oil, but, like, not just not just leaking oil, like a drop or two, like leaking copious amounts of oil. Dude went through, I mean, he said there was a giant sheen in the water, and uh, when he had somebody out there looking at it, it was just... It lost like a gallon in the time that the guy had. Oh my goodness! Had the engine running there, you know, and he was like, "Dude, I I can't work on it out here. Like, I've got to pull this thing out of the water to yeah. find this leak." And pulls it out of the water, um, takes the chaps off, and and sees where the leak's coming from. Like, literally, all you got to do is crank it. You you don't even mm-hmm. have to have the engine running, and it's just spraying out the side of the oil the cooler hose yeah. tube. Yeah, and um, and that's just. That's just weird. I don't think the boat's that old. I don't think the engines are that old. Mm-mm. So it's a weird thing to see go. But, but and getting it out, I heard was a nightmare too. Yeah, if he even has. I I don't know. But um, yeah, it's a, it's gonna be a warranty thing for sure. Seeing how new they are, uh, you had something with an oil cooler, or was it just? It was a non-R engine, right? Yeah, I've Your had oil leak. I've had a couple different of those same thing scenarios. Where like um, one of them, one of the parts. So the oil filter sits on this like, or no, 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 not the oil filter, the oil cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah the oil filter. The oil filter sits on this adapter that then attaches to the oil cooler. Mm-hmm. And in between that cooler and the adapt in the um, adapter, the adapter had a scratch on the mating surface where it attached to the oil cooler so when it was running same thing it would it would just pour out oil and i've also seen one where from the factory they had a like where the power head comes down and sits down on the midsection where it goes onto the the base gasket in the base gasket a piece of a metal shaving got stuck there when the power head got put down onto the midsection and so now, same thing. It was leaking oil out through this little itty bitty metal shaving that somehow got, you know, blown on and actually landed right yeah. where the base gasket goes, and then got actually got put together with that yeah. piece of metal shaving there. It's just like yeah, the craziest, it's the in, smallest it's little nuts. thing, smallest little thing will do it because that's a it's like mm-hmm. a, a machine surface. You know? Oh, hundred percent. You got to be careful. Hundred percent. Even cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you use a razor blade or something and you go too aggressively, you can actually shave some of that mm-hmm. aluminum off and and it'll, it'll, it'll cause it'll warp little, it yeah yeah cause a little dent in there and then oil will start getting by the gasket mm-hmm. you better believe it it's crazy oh Man. the things that you could see what mm-hmm. what other things have you i don't know really uh i've also seen a weird one with um just like <laughs> backyard things finding uh i found a framing nail <laughs> uh, as used as a cotter pin, mm-hmm. just rusty and stuck in there, and it was like, God, "Come on, dude!" <laughs> I don't he know. probably 
lost his car pin, changing his prop or something. Uh, yeah. Whatever yeah. the case, go get a cotter pin. They can't be that expensive. <laughs> put, a, put a nail a right in A non-stainless framing nail. Yeah. Can't believe that. Might have been like one under a, maybe not like a solid framing nail, but like a, maybe a framing nail would fit in that, that little hole. I don't know. I mean, no, I don't. I've seen the picture, so I, I think it is a framing nail, but I think it's a little bit smaller. I don't know, but yeah, that's too funny. Whatever no. the case, just a nail. Yeah, it's just not the nail. right thing that's supposed to be in there. <laughs> I I've had to deal with that recently too, where someone did the same thing. They put a they put a cotter pin in there, but it was a non stainless cotter pin, and oh. you know they rust. Mm-hmm. So go to change the to pull the prop off to grease the shaft, check for you know mm-hmm. line all that kind of stuff can't get the can't get it off because the the cotter pin like where the nut is on both sides like it was shaved completely off on both sides of the nut but left the middle section of this you know cotter pin mm-hmm. so we ended up just having to spray it with you know lube spray it with lube and then you know try and work the nut back and forth on it to grind the rust down to make a thread where I can finally put the impact on it and then just zip the nut off and then, you know, come back with a pick and, and hammer out that rusted yeah. cotter pin to get, you know, to yeah. change the stuff. It's like, Oh my goodness. Nightmare. Too much. Way yeah. too much. I've seen one that wasn't, it wasn't really, it was a different kind of, it was, I don't know who installed it. Maybe another tech or the customer himself, but but I saw a picture of a sea trial, and there's just this giant rooster tail <laughs> on the, off the back of the boat because the transducer was mounted wrong, and it was just sitting oh, in the no. water weird. Yeah, so it was mounted mounted the transducer way too low, and just yeah, yeah, it was way too low, and it was just causing a lot of drag, and the water was just <laughs> shooting right off the end of it. Just a giant rooster tail looking like a jet ski. Oh no! <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that's but no, that's, that's just weird. yeah, that's an installation fail. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we're I think we're starting to run out of time, but um, I'll give one more. So, which one do I want? All right, all right. So, I've got one. I think I've shown that video of like these motor mounts, how motor mounts break. Like if a motor mount breaks, then you can move the outboard back and forth, right? And um, you can pick them up and, and slam the engine down. But oh, yeah. there was one where the shift shaft went down into the lower unit. The The complaint was that he'd go into gear, and then when he tried to come out of gear, the engine wouldn't, it wouldn't come out of gear. It was mm-hmm. stuck into gear. You know, trying to go to the dock, and now his boat won't come out of gear, and he's driving towards the dock and yeah. creating a, a massive hazard. So go there looking at it, and you know, I'm like, man, that engine's a little tilted like and and i really look at it and the whole shift shaft is like this so then i pick the thing up and pull it back and sure enough the motor mounts were broken mm-hmm. and what was happening is whenever you put it in gear the prop would push the whole engine like it would push the whole engine like this and it would lock up that shift shaft so then when he tried to come back to gear it would it wouldn't come out of gear because yeah. it had the shift shaft pinned up against the like you know, there's a hole yeah. where it comes out the like swivel pin or whatever, mm-hmm. and it and it locks up that um, that shift shaft to where it wouldn't, it just wouldn't come out. Yeah. 
So you gotta <laughs> you gotta turn the engine off, pick the engine up, put it in neutral. Well, no, if you turn the engine off, it would take the um, load off of it. Okay, so like yeah, with the so load of the prop pushing the yeah yeah. So thing you just forward. turn it off and you can put it back in neutral. Yeah, you like, turn it off, you pull it back to neutral, and then you're fine. Start it back up. And then <laughs> when you, you put go. it in gear, the thing's like bang. Dude, like. Somebody would find a way to make that work for a long time. Yeah, put a block so, in between there, like, like in where the motor mount like, goes. Screw it, dude. I'm I'm riding this thing out. A stack of washers or something in there. Yeah, like, yeah. Be JB a rough Weldon. ride. Maybe you want a stack of washers in there, hold it, hold it <laughs> nice and secure. No, oh, no, boy. no. Oh well. Yeah, the motor mount one's definitely. I think that's about it for story time. Okay. All right. We'll close yeah. it out. We'll see you. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed it, then. You know, let us know you want to hear more stories. If not, keep the comments coming. We'll uh, yep. get back to answering some of those questions, too. But, you can uh, hit us up with an email at askbab at com, And we'll see you next week. Yeah.